your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 638 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Piller up in the Blue Mountains and I had boots on the ground for the Senators 5-3 loss last night in Winnipeg. And Ross, it's a Wednesday episode, so of course we have a Send Central citizen for you. And today, it's Keely. She joins the show to tell us all about how she became a Sense fan and her excitement for the upcoming season. So we'll get into all that and more. This is the Locked On Senators Podcast. It's your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Senators your first listen on this Wednesday, September 28th. We are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube, where the best way you can help the show grow is to like every video simply by clicking the thumbs up and subscribing to the Locked On Senators channel. Pilsy, that was a tough game last night when you look at the results, but they were they were winning 1-1 after the first period, and that's yep. going to be a victory for me. You love that winning uh, 1-1 after the first period. I mean, that's what it's all about. So that, that we'll, we'll take the victory there. But in all seriousness, look, I'm actually not too upset with how this turned out. Like, if, if you put those rosters side by side and just did a, uh, a Dom from the Athletic numbers battle based on his, his uh, model, I'm sure the Winnipeg Jets probably win that game 6-1. With, uh, with the difference of competition there, especially the Jets had their top six and the Senators had their bottom six. That's essentially the, the clash there. So really, I think we got some good showings of guys that normally wouldn't get the kind of minutes they did. Uh, I thought in particular that top, the top line for the Senators, that will be the third line for the Senators, did a really good job uh, in their checking role while also providing some offense. So there's a lot of interesting little nuggets to get into about this game, eh, Ross? Yes, 100%. And DJ Smith did a great job at making sure the ice time was all split out. No forward played less than 11.50, which was Jace Howerluck. And I actually thought he was pretty decent out there. He was a bit of a buzzsaw um, skating around. So DJ rolled four lines. They split the goaltending. We'll get into how that affected the game. But yeah, the flow was pretty fun. Like they, they give up the opening goal to Daniel Torgerson, his first of two. But then less than a minute later on a beautiful play, Cole Reinhardt, did you know he had that in him? Like backhand upstairs. That was a beauty. I did not know he had that in him, Ross. And it's, it was especially impressive because I think when you're a young player like Cole Reinhardt and you get the space that he got there, your first inkling is, I got to get in as tight as I can and make as many deeks as possible. But sure, it looked like he had that space, but he didn't have the time. He only had time to do two quick stick handles and then a shot. And that's exactly what he did. He got the puck out of harm's way from the defenseman that was coming back off the turnover. And then before the defenseman had a chance to poke it or, or cut down the angle or do anything, he had already fired a top cheese. Like, this is a guy, Ross, I mentioned when we talked about our training camp battles, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a sniff at some fourth line minutes if injuries come up because I think he can be a very, very effective 
effective fourth line guy in the NHL playing limited minutes, checking, playing a hard game while also capitalizing on offensive chances when they come like he did last night. Yeah, it seemed like Gambrell, Howerluck, and Cole Reinhardt were, was kind of the, the test drive that they got in this last game, whereas the line stayed together for, for the entirety of the game was Shane Pinto, Tyler Mott, and, uh, and Matt Joseph. Joseph. Yeah. Those, those three were all plus two in a 5-3 loss, Pilsy. Yeah, and they played really well. And we talk about pairs on this team. You know, you, you've got the the Josh Norris, Brady Kachucks. You've got the Tim Stutzla, Alex Debrinkit. I, I think now another pair is Tyler Mott and Shane Pinto. The chemistry these guys had together, both um, helping out on each other's goals. And Tyler Mott, Ross, that's going to be my central standout. I mean, he just played so well. I'm we had him in pencil as that third line winger. I've got him in pen now because he played perfectly with Shane Pinto. It seemed like they were really clicking. And like I mentioned, when they acquired him, I looked at his highlights and sure the goals don't pop off the page when you look at it as stats, but when he's given opportunities to score in big moments, he has a shot that's good enough that can beat goalies in a, in a quick instance. So I think he's someone that's really going to thrive in a third line role and Apart from his offense, he was blocking shots, he was making hits, and he's a guy that doesn't give up on the play. I, obviously, it's it's not a big deal in a preseason game, but there was an instance where all the rest of the line was changing, and he was trying to forecheck and keep the puck in the zone, and he's diving out there, making sprawling uh, poke checks with his stick, like when like he could have just changed with everyone else, but he's just showing he's he's going to put in an extra effort to try to keep that play alive. So. Tyler Mott, uh, Ross, he he may be my guy for for this Ooh. season. I, it's a little early for that, but he's on my guy radar because I love the way he he uh, has played for the Sens so far. He got to wear an A last night. Yep, alternate well, captain. well deserved, I think, yeah. Yes, the three alternate captains last night were Tyler Mott, Matthew Joseph, and Derek Broussard. I sent out a heavy-handed tweet super quickly, $6 beers, thank you very much, Candle Life Center, <laughs> where I said the three alternates have combined for 11 games with the Ottawa Senators for getting Derek Broussard's first Oops. go-around with Ottawa, where he played about 100 games. But that's to say, <laughs> it, it was still funny that it was a guy on a PTO who's wearing a letter in a preseason game. Kind of tells you about what the rest of the lineup looked like but there was a lot of opportunity for players to step up we're going to discuss a pair of those and then after our send central citizen we're going to wrap up discussing the defense of what we saw last night because that was a big battle all the young guys were in the lineup Gannett, bernard docker thompson brandstrom all of those guys had an opportunity to impress so stay tuned after the send central citizen we'll touch on that but pilsy goalie friendly show Mad Sogard was awesome, especially yep. early on in this game. They're up 2-1. Just, I don't understand splitting games. Especially, they just split a game on Saturday. So they each have played one full game, but split into two. Why not just give one guy the game on Saturday, one guy the game last night? Because this is what happens. It's, it's just Murphy's Law. Mando comes in. And immediately they go to the penalty kill and you've got Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, Nikolai Ehlers buzzing around on the power play. Yeah, he probably wants that back. It goes right between the legs. But still, man, that's a tough situation to come in. The the issue is you're coming cold. It's not so much that the ice time is different. It's for the first goalie, 
it's status quo, right? You're doing the warm up, you're getting in, you're you're not sitting on the bench for too long. So you're there for the anthems. And, and Manda exactly. wasn't even on the bench. Winnipeg's one of those buildings yes. where you're in the other, you're in the corner. You're not even in the game. Like you may as well bring yeah. me out of the twentieth row up there, and I could put on the pads. It's the same thing. Coming in cold. Yeah, they're they're sitting on like a, a foldable chair shoved <laughs> in the corner of uh, of the rink there. Yeah, so. It's tough, and especially when you're a big guy like Mando, and uh, we we've talked about it. He he's had some uh, unfortunate injury incidents where he hasn't got to play a lot, and then with COVID, shortened seasons, stuff like that, he hasn't got the games that he normally would be, or any young goalie trying to develop would want coming into this situation. And yeah, I'm with you, Ross. Like, there's so many preseason games. Why would you split games? Like, that's. That's one thing where I'd like to get uh, Zach Burke's input there because obviously DJ's got to be talking to him about that. As he's mentioned, he, he relies heavily on Zach Burke. And I don't know a single goalie that would say it, it's okay or they're comfortable coming into a game in a split split decision. Like, like obviously, if you're coming in because a goalie's getting pulled, that's not ideal. That's not planned. That, that mm-hmm. happens. But to plan to do that, is wild to me because that's not it's really not fair for Mando and uh, the results are right there. Yeah, the results show Mando did make a, a beauty glove save in the third period. However, four goals on 15 shots. And that's what I'm saying. Like he faced 15 shots in 27 minutes after coming in cold. I just don't like that. And how many of those were on the power play? Um, oh, we can pull that up. That's easy. Yeah, I, um, I've got it. I've three. got it here. Three and two of them go in. So... <laughs> Like when you have elite shooters like Connor, Ehlers, Shifley, like these guys are going to make you pay on the power play. And if you're you're coming in cold, you're not able to have your movements. You're not able to have your angles. Your head's not in the game as much as you'd like, especially when you're not on the bench. Because when you're on the bench, at least you're kind of chirping along with the guys. You you feel like you're in the action. You're, you're staying light. But when you're just sitting huddled there, shoved in a corner, really detrimental to how you're going to start that game. Hundred percent. So uh, hopefully, going forward, we'll get full games for these goalies. We're not sure when cuts are going to come. The teams that didn't practice or didn't play last night, rather, will practice today at uh, about eleven thirty a.m. We're recording here; it's about ten thirty, but we got a lot to get into. We'll cover that practice as it develops on Twitter at Send Central and tomorrow on Locked On Senators. Tomorrow, we're also going to be joined by Kyle Bukoskis from Sportsnet and. Talk about a, a, a swing and a miss for us not having him back on in the YouTube era. His hair looked unbelievable, Pilsy. I think I'm convinced he just wakes up like that. Like, I'm sure there's some <laughs> sort of routine, but like, it, um, unless someone has a, a deep dive photo of uh, Kyle getting coffee in the morning without his hair done, I'm convinced it's, it's just stays like that. Absolute beauty. Great guy. Stay tuned for that on tomorrow's Locked On Senders. Before we get to our Send Central Citizen, I, I tweeted out at Ross Levitan. I said, I need to talk about Shane Pinto. And it's not just Pierre Dorian that doesn't want to trade Shane Pinto. Has DJ Smith ever played him under 20 minutes? He got over 20 minutes uh, yet again here. So I think, yeah, if there was trade talks for Pinto, you'd have DJ Smith kind of popping his head uh, in Dorian's office. Huh? Like, hey, can, can we chat? Just yeah. just before you make that phone call, let's, uh, let's have a quick talk. Shane Pinto is so good at hockey, and you notice it more when you see him live. Yeah. It's the little intricacies, his stick positioning. I was ISO cam on him every time he was on the ice. And for those chirping me that I didn't wear the Nodak jersey, one, in warm-ups, we had like 10 guys who have been on the show. I didn't want to play favorites. 
I didn't want to. <laughs> I, I also didn't really want to wear a jersey of a guy who's 11 years younger than me. That's a that's a story for another day or 10 years. Um, so we we split the decision here, and and Rach wore the the Nodak jersey. I stuck with Alfie. However, my seven game win streak is over. But the good news for everyone coming Asterisk. to the home opener, yeah, we're still on a five game regular season win streak because I, I lose out on the Ridley Greg Shane Pinto game from last year in Winnipeg, but still a five game regular season win streak but Shane Pinto man like the numbers they, they all just jump off the page like he was uh in terms of like shot shot totals for and against like this guy he just brings it in every aspect he's so much fun to see live the skating the the way he got his teammates involved he his goal was a perfect example of being in the right spot at the right time puck just finds him and he's able to pull the trigger rather quickly on it and then his assist as well like everything that he brought to the table is what I'm hoping to see all season long from Shane Pinto. What a player. And Ross, uh, it's it's that time of year again. We love getting into the momentum goals. And those were momentum goals that he he helped out on, especially well, the goal that he scored at the end of the period. Uh, Hanola just scored to kind of look like the Jets were pulling away. And then Pinto, with only 24 seconds left in the period, he gets one back quickly there. But Ross, I hate to be the party pooper, but... You know I'm on face-offs these days, and still a lot of work to be done for yep. Shane Pinto in the face-off dot. He went 5 for 15, good for 33%. That's not going to cut it, uh, especially if you're playing a checking role. Uh, you got to be winning those face-offs so you can uh, start with Buck rather than fending up against those other top lines. But my guy, Dylan Gambrell, he led the Sens in face-offs, going 5 for 8, good for 63%. So I think that's, that's one aspect of, sure, Gambrell... He had a really good offensive chance, didn't get it. Uh, he, he's not a guy that's going to put the puck in the back of the net a whole lot, but he does do certain things well, and I think the face-offs for him is something that needs to be highlighted. Yeah, 100%. And with, with Shane Pinto, he took a team high. He took 15 face-offs in the game, and when you look at who he took the most against, he actually did well. He went 5-for-9 for, for 56% against Adam Lowry, who's a known solid face-off guy. So that's Over the only guy he beat, though. Yeah, 0 for 4 against Shifley, 0 for 1 against Henry Nikonen, and 0 for 1 against Tony Nato as well. So interesting there, the breakdown of of the guy who maybe he prepared the most to face, he did well. The others, not so much. And Nick Anderson, who uh, ascends Central Citizen, we look forward to having him on. He's in Winnipeg, and he was sitting near me. He came up and he goes, you know, why is Mott taking faceoffs on the left side for Pinto? And I noticed that a couple times in the game as well. Mott, I think, ended up taking five draws, but that's something to watch for as well throughout the season if Tyler Mott's going to be put in situations to take some of those draws. So that's kind of my boots-on-the-ground analysis from last night. And again, stop splitting games with the goalies. One thing don't we will it. never stop, we're never going to stop Send Central Citizen. So, Pilsy, why don't you say hi to one of our favorite sponsors, and we'll get in to this week's Send Central Citizen with Keeley. Absolutely, yes. Although it is preseason, you need to start getting ready for the regular season. you got to get in regular season form when it comes to your sports gambling, and the best place to do that is with the number one trusted online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. You guys know it's betonline.net. It's not just hockey. They got football basketball baseball golf ufc boxing whatever you want they got it it's the best spot for all the latest odds totals player performance props and more it's the number one spot for all your sports betting needs so head to the website today or check out on your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action guys it's betonline.net where the game starts 
All right, let's get to this week's Send Central Citizen. Here's Keely. All right, we're now very pleased to welcome this week's Send Central Citizen. It's Keely. You can follow her on Twitter at Keely Lynn M. Keely, welcome to Locked On Senders. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. So happy to be here with you guys. Oh, where are we talking to you from? Ottawa. Nice. <laughs> are you right downtown? Oh, no. Nepean. All right, so that's even closer to the rink. Have you Are you able to get out to a few games every year, or how oh, often yeah. do you get to see them? Way more often than I should. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. How, how many games do you figure you get to a year? At least 10. Nice. It's um, a good number. Yeah. yeah, I've got a whole list on my phone of all of the games that I've been to, and it's way yes. too long. <laughs> What's, What's the first? Oh, yeah. First? Uh, it's a Washington Capitals game in 2013. Nice. Do you do you have your uh, the record? What's your record of uh, Keeley attended games for the Sense? I don't have the final record, but it's not a good one. <laughs> no, oh, damn. <laughs> Should we be keeping you away from the CTC? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I've got a good one against the Bruins, though. So okay. okay. Sorry, coming to the home opener. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, All right. There we go. Awesome. Love it. So I'm I'm doing my investigative work right now. Did that Washington game in 2013? Did that happen to be in April? I believe so. So that was a two-one win. Where get this, Pilsy? Okay. Sergey Gonchar scores the game winner in overtime. Ooh, that's my guy, Sergey Gonchar. Love ass- it. Assisted by Eric Carlson and Daniel Alfredson. Um, did you become a Sens fan around 2013, or did you follow them before too? Oh no, I didn't really become a fan until like 2016. Oh, I just I have I didn't live in Ottawa before. I happened to be in town, and my friends had tickets to the game, so we went. And I was, I don't know, four sixteen maybe. So it's a fun first experience, but it's not really what got me into the game. Right. So then what was it that turned you from, you know, I'm not, I don't even want to say casual fan, but somebody who would enjoy going to games to being locked in as, as much as you are to this organization. Um, Funny enough, I hated hockey growing up. So looking at me now, it's, it's very funny to look at, but um, (laughs) during the Hamburglar run, I was in my grade 12 year. And Mika Zibanejad actually came to my high school to help somebody promose. Wow, cool. <laughs> the weirdest situation. <laughs> okay. But after that, I thought, these guys were pretty cool. I'm going to start paying attention to them a little bit more. And then the Hamburglar run happened, so a little bit more interested. And then as time went on, I started watching more and more games. I met my best friend, who is another hockey nut. Cool. So we started going to more games together, and then it just kind of took over my life. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so why uh, why the disdain for hockey before this? What uh, what really rubbed you the wrong way? I had an older brother who. So you spent a lot of time at the rink. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Much older than I am, so I never got to stay home. I had to go to every single game and practice and tournament, and it was boring for a five year old. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So, so I'm glad you found a different spin to to get you back into the game. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you mentioned a couple guys: uh, Zabanajad, the Hamburglar. Uh, who are who are some other players that really kind of helped uh, lock you in as a true Sens fan? I've always been a Pajot fan. 
Nice. I don't know what it was. He was just the first person I was drawn to. He's yeah. still one of my favorites, even though he's not on the team. I have his jersey. Um, always a Stone fan. Yep. I I didn't really get to watch too much of Alfie, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But I'm okay. sure if I did, he would have been probably the top. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolute stud there uh, for so many years. But now this is cool, though. I like this. This is Usually we have to take Alfredson out of the mix. But with you and, and, and getting on, I don't want to say later. I mean, this is go- almost going on a decade now, Pills. He just shows how old you and I are. But um, that's great. So we need to give him a little assist to Mika Zibanejad here mm-hmm. on his way out. So now that all those guys you mentioned have moved on, who who are your favorite players on today's team? Like if you were going to get a jersey today, mm-hmm. who would it be? Um, I'm actually working on getting Timmy's jersey. Nice. Um, I've got Brady's. Technically, I have a Broussard jersey, even though he's not <laughs> on the team. There you go. Yeah. Um. But I would like a Giroux one as well. Even before, he was always one of my favorite players not playing for the Senators. So now that he's actually on the team, kind of good good time to get it, I guess. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Well, we could have just gone over to Keeley's Twitter. I mentioned it off the top. Keely Lynn M. Go give her a follow there. The bio, it's simple, Pilsy. Brady Kachuk, fanboy. I mean, who who among us isn't a Brady Kachuk <laughs> fanboy? <laughs> No yeah. doubt, no doubt. What is it, Keely, about uh, Brady Kachuk that makes him the perfect leader in your eyes? He just, he seems like a guy's guy. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but he just seems like he melds with everybody so well, which I think <clears throat> leads up to being a great guy to lead a team, of some, like, especially this team that's so close. You can kind of see he's a heartbeat of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely Brady Kachuk. Now, speaking of the kind of the, the heartbeat of the team and the identity, these guys have really bought into DJ Smith's kind of system and, and how he wants them to play the game. How confident are you in DJ Smith to <laughs> still be the guy that goes from just having a bunch of kids that are rebuilding, playing meaningless games, to now having a proper playoff contending roster? How confident are you that he can be the coach that helps get this team out of that rebuild stage? I think with the roster we have now, I feel fairly confident. If we didn't have the summer that we had, then I I would say he probably wouldn't stick around for too long. I don't think he would be able to get the job done. But with the guys now, I think they've got a good shot. Who's the team that you're circling as like, okay, this is the team Ottawa's going to jump if they're going to make the playoffs. Is it Boston? Is it Washington or someone else? My first thought would be Florida. I like that. I like them coming back down to earth. Yeah. Um, I think with the loss of the guys and bringing in all of those ex-senators that we know. Yeah. <laughs> aren't yeah we've already seen this. Earth. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't feel too confident in them. And I feel like Knight and Bobrovsky aren't – I'm not too confident in that pairing. I like it. That's a hot take. That's a spicy take, Pilsy. That's uh, that's a fifteen million dollar uh, goalie tandem that uh, that you're giving a thumbs down to. So that's definitely I like interesting. I like it. I'm on board with that. Now, Keely, if you're Pierre Dorian, we know the summer he's had. It's been great. However, question marks on the back end remain. Are you pulling the trigger and giving up potentially a king's ransom to acquire a Jacob Chikrin or a like-minded defenseman? 
or are you going to play the patient card? I would play the patient card. I wasn't too hot on the idea of Chikrin just because you know how much we would have to give up. Yeah. Um, I would love if he could bring DeMello back. I was a big DeMello fan. I've actually got him on my sweater. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Nice. Um, That's amazing. (laughs) um, But I think someone like JBD or Lassie can make the jump, and I don't think we need to give up all of those assets to get someone like Chikrin, especially with his injuries. Yeah. It's a little worrisome in my eyes. Yeah, that's definitely fair. Now, moving from the decor all the way back to the crease, we're hashtag goalie friendly show, as you know. So I, I I feel like I've gotten a different answer on this every time I ask, but who do you think will start the most games between Anton Forsberg and Cam Talbot? I would probably say Forsberg. Okay. I think yep. DJ Smith has is more familiar with him and more confident just because he knows what he can do. Obviously, I'm sure because I said that, Talbot's going to – Go on a heater and prove it me happens, completely yeah. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> We've never been proven wrong on this show before. Not me. No, perfect record through 638 <laughs> episodes. No, but all, all jokes aside, Keely, and this is my final question for you. It's what is the one part of this upcoming season that you're most excited about? Hmm. There's a lot to choose from. There is a lot to choose from. The I'm... impending return of Dylan DeMello. I love that. Um, I'm most excited to see how Timmy and Giroux and the cat go. I think it's, it's going to be one of the top lines in the league for sure. If they can figure it out, I think, I think they will. Now, final question for me, Keely is who is breakout candidate for this year? Like who, who of all the players for this Ottawa Senators team that's poised to really make a, a massive year. Who's going to be the one guy that pushes it to the next level? Hmm. I'd like to say Sanderson. I think he's okay, going to have a yeah. great year. Um, I think he's going to exceed a lot of people's expectations. Nice. Not much pressure on the guy. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no pressure, but you better be very good right yeah. away. I mean, we kind of need it. Yeah, I would <laughs> love to see him with Zub. I think that would... Yeah. Uh, that would really push him forward. That's awesome. Well, we're looking forward to following along with you on Twitter throughout the year. Everyone else can go follow you there as well. Keely, Lynn M. And happy belated birthday, Keely. And we appreciate you joining us today. Thank you. Nothing like getting sick on my birthday. Stick taps to Keely for joining us. Fantastic conversation with her. And make sure that you're giving her a follow on Twitter as well. All right, Pilsy. So we talked about the game itself, but the game within the game oh. in that 5-3 loss to the Winnipeg Jets and their NHL top six is how the Sens decor would react. We saw the pairings. It was Brandstrom and Gannett. It was Larson with Jacob Bernard Docker and Dylan Hetherington with Lassie Thompson. I think I'll start out the conversation by saying Branstrom Gannett just did not work. No, and I'm not exactly surprised that didn't work. Ross, you and I are very much plugged into the the kind of theory that you need yin and yang defenseman pairs. And both those guys, I don't know whether they're both yings or whether they're both yangs, but there's no yin and yang in that, in that scenario. Uh, it's just two kind of puck moving defensemen. So that didn't really work. And, I I just I don't know with Eric Branson Ross like there's 
it, it really seemed in this game, like this is another example where he's been given the opportunity to be the guy. Like he he was he's the top touted defenseman for this decor in this game. He's given top uh, minutes, top power play minutes, and he didn't really impress me. And it just seemed like every time the puck got dumped into his corner, Brandy couldn't get rid of it quick enough. And he's just turning it over just so that he can avoid getting crunched into the boards. And I thought there was a bunch of times where he kind of got outbattled physically. And even when he did have the puck and, and he's supposed to be excelling, he was only okay in my mind. So Eric Branstrom is still very much on the on the kind of cloudy, what is he, what isn't he kind of view for me. I, I was expecting bigger things, and I didn't see it. He got hammered once again in his own zone. My fiance turned to me, and she goes, she goes, does he always get hit like that? So yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. He really does. But uh, he also makes a couple of plays where you're like, okay, nice. He had a couple of good keep-ins on the power play where it was like looking like it was going to clear and he like reached out, kept yep. it in. So I hope he finds a role, but it's just, it's getting harder and harder to to see that, that overall potential. There's flashes and I don't say this negatively, but if he went to the SHL, he'd be one of the best defensemen in the league. Yeah, I just think that the contact in an NHL game and how consistent it is when you go back to get pucks, you have to be able to protect yourself and protect the puck in those situations. Him and Gannett's uh, shot, I'm looking at the natural stat trick right now, at five on five, they were on the ice together for about 18 to 19 minutes. Nine shots for and 20 against for Max Gannett, a 31% Corsi. And I don't know if this was lost in translation. I'm pretty sure names stay the same, but... Sylvain Saint friend of the show, he said DJ Smith compared Max Gannett to Nick Holden. And that might be the most wild comparable I've ever seen, ever, ever. So I don't know if he thinks that he's a Yang when he's really a Yang. Yeah, fair, yeah. But I don't know. One guy who everyone knows exactly what his game brings, he brought it last night. I love JBD's game. Jacob Bernard Docker was steady. He was great skating. And he was he looked comfortable with the puck on his stick as well. So I, I think that he would be the one defenseman out of all of them last night that I would single out as having the best game. Yeah, I would agree with you. I, I think uh, JBD, he played that simple, safe game that you like to see from him. He broke up a couple good plays. Yeah, a couple uh, takeaways. Yeah, exactly. So definitely, if we're if we're looking at the decor here, JBD had the best night in my opinion. And not only that, but he was playing with this uh, this Larson kid, Jacob Larson. I almost said Adam Larson, but Jacob Larson just seems like to. I think he's what we thought Dylan Hetherington would be, and maybe Hetherington was in short spurts last yeah. last night and and uh, last year. But like, I think Larson's going to get some NHL games. He seems like that perfect call up where you don't mind putting him back on waivers after, but. He just, again, steady. That's why it was kind of weird for me that Larson and Jacob Bernard Docker, maybe they were challenging JBD to skate with the puck a little bit more. If they were, good on him. He played well. But it would have just made more sense to me in our projected lineup when we did it yesterday's show before they were announced. We had Larson on one pair with Gannett, and then we had Brandstrom with JBD. Like, it just seemed to to make sense chemistry-wise. But, hey, the two defensive defensemen worked together. The two offensive defensemen did not. Yeah, and that's definitely fair to say. Uh, I I think Larson does have the edge over Hetherington just because he he has a decent amount of NHL experience. Like he got a handful of games with the Anaheim Ducks, whereas Hetherington I don't know has that much NHL experience. So I think 
Larson uh, and Christians Rubens were were good pickups for the Sens to have those kind of tweener defensemen because that decor, if, if injuries start happening, you might need to rely on those guys more than you'd hope. 20 NHL games for Dylan Hetherington, nine yeah. for Ottawa last season when he averaged 12 minutes per game. So your overall thoughts on last night's 5-3 loss and are you ready to see this group cut down to about six forward lines and maybe five defensive pairs? And get get this goaltending thing under wraps. We've already talked about that, though. Yeah, we, we won't dive back into that. Uh, I think definitely there, there's a handful of guys that, that I think aren't going to make it uh, much farther throughout this process. And and not not because I don't think they're they're good enough or, or anything like that. I, I just think they're not quite ready for what's ahead of them and uh, where this team is at, especially with the new acquisitions, it's a lot harder to crack this roster. So there's some guys, I think it's, it's time to, to send them back to their respective teams. Yes. Especially the junior guys, right? Like Ben Roger was a a healthy scratch there last night. Like, I don't think he's going to get into a game. Uh, Tyler Boucher has gotten into two games. He's looked all right. The penalty, I don't love it. He, He did reach around, but again, Morrissey put on the figure skates and spun around. He did a triple axle there, it looked like. However, like I wrote in the group chat, like the vet's going to get that call 10 out of 10 times in a preseason game against yeah. a kid who has zero NHL games. Yeah, I, I think I think it's time to send Tyler Boucher back to Ottawa, but to the 67s. Yeah. Um, Their season I, starts next week. Like, l- l- get That's him, the thing. Like, get him this, down for Tyler Boucher, this season is all about just getting as much playing time and getting as comfortable as possible. So you've had some looks for him. I think it, it's much more beneficial to have him get a bit of time uh, in training camp with the 67s, hit the ground running for their regular season, rather than have him playing... 10, 11 minutes in a fourth line role in NHL preseason because he he's just not there yet. And that's what I'm saying. It's it's not a detriment to these guys. It's just where they're at. And I don't think he he's there yet. Do you think there was any jockeying of position between Gambrell, Kastelik, and Broussard when we're looking at that fourth line center spot? I'm going to highlight Dylan Gambrell as the guy that has the inside track and they, they brought him back on that contract. It, it wasn't a coincidence. They could have just let him go like they did other players, but they they saw some value in him as I see. And I think out of all those guys, he definitely showed the best to uh, have a front running spot for that fourth line center. Yeah, well, Casty was kind of stuck in a situation where it was different for him, but one he's going to have to get used to because if he does play in the NHL, that's going to be the role he he has to take. But four hits, I did like that from Kastelik. Him yep. and Gambrell, the only guys above 50%. Yep. I think they probably keep Brass around a little bit longer. I love him as a guy. The interview was awesome, but like, I, I just don't think he's got it. And that's the thing. If this is last year's Ottawa Senator, I, Senators, I think he takes the Tyler Ennis role and he finds a spot. This is a different team, different era. I don't think there's room for him unless he's comfortable with being a 13th forward and spending a lot of time in the press box. But I think if I'm kind of reading things right, I think Broussard wants to hit a thousand games and then ride off into the sunset. Like I think yeah. that's what he's going for this season. And probably he's not going to get that opportunity. I, don't, I think he should just go back to Arizona and get the get those games played and then head head out of here. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, great story, though, if he does manage to accomplish that. We'll be following him as he sends abroad. All right, we already teased what's coming up tomorrow. It's Kyle Bukoskis. Hopefully, yep. we get some movement at Sens camp. My guess would be that Ben Roger and Tyler Boucher are sent down by the yep. next time 
we have a conversation. And that would leave just Zach Ostapchuk as a junior guy. But again, he's hurt, so he won't be sent down until he's healthy. Yeah. Yeah, so just looking at the roster, yeah, that's that's it for Because Latimer, Hamara, yeah. Chandler Romeo, they've all already been sent down. I guess Kyle McDonald's still there, but he's, again, injured, hasn't been able to get into a game. So um, curious to see what's next for, for uh, Sens camp. Yeah, I, th- I, I think we're we're getting to the junior cuts for sure. All right, and then next we'll have to look forward to not only a game Friday and Saturday, mm-hmm. but then... My guess is Sunday, we'll have a practice with Troy Mann, we'll have a practice with DJ Smith, and that's when the real projections will start at who will start in the National Hockey League when the puck drops on October 13th. For more, visit us on Twitter, at Central on Instagram, LockedOn.Senators. Thank you to Keeley for joining us as a Central citizen. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.